Hey everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. Because the scariest thing is not being who you are. Uh, is that something that you've felt? <laughs> Have you had to hide who you are? Yes, I believe I referred to that in the first episode, just for people that didn't listen to it, which shame on you, you should, you should go back to the Go beginning. back and listen. Yeah, it's listen to it. awesome. Don't start in the middle. You're not allowed. <laughs> if you found us, you got to go back to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when this episode, how far along this episode is in, in our release order yet. Listen, I started, I started listening to Dan Savage in 2017. On episode what? Oh, I don't know. But I had to, I was like, fuck, I'm in the middle of this. I can't do that. And I went all the way back to number one, which was probably, what, 2011? Wow. Somewhere in there. He's been doing this. He's been in the advice game for a long time. He's amazing. He is amazing. We love you, Uncle Dan. Dan, if you're listening, you are one of the main reasons that we're doing this now. You are an inspiration. So you're welcome. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> He's supposed to say you're welcome. Oh, okay. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Okay. You're, just just remember, your husband was your Canadian husband first. That's right. We always remember that. So, so today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. Yes. What's that? This amazing TV show... And it's not 90 Day. Oh, my God. We should have a 90 Day episode, though, because, oh, my God, all the shit that's wrong with 90 Day. Oh. And why it takes us three times as long (sighs) as the episode to watch it. You're like, let's watch an episode of 90 Day. I'm like, yeah, I got nothing going on for the next three hours. Cool. Let's. (laughs) No, this is. You never say no, though. No, I don't, because it's it's a car crash. You can't take your eyes off. It is a car crash. We just started a new season today, and the first episode ended, and I was like, I guess that's our Saturday. We're just yeah, pretty much. We're we're just watching all of this now. <laughs> so no, we're not going to talk about Ninety Day. We're going to talk about another show, a show that actually got as as has happened to a number of beloved shows. Has, was picked up by Netflix a couple of years ago in two thousand and eighteen, and it was rebooted. And it was rebooted, as simply titled Queer Eye, mm-hmm. but it was based off of and follows the same format as the original show, which aired. All the way back in 2003. Is that how long ago it was? Yeah, it ran for five seasons, 2003 to 2007. Wow. And it was called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Right. Which is a nice kind of rhyming and title. And it was a network show. It was a network show. But I think this was 2003. Like, when did Ellen come out as being Oh, gay? gosh. I don't know. You keep talking. Okay. So, because... I think, you know, we look at 2018 and we look at the world and we look at the fact that in 2018... Gay marriage was legal in the U.S. 1997. She okay. So this is five years after mm-hmm. after Ellen. Six years after Ellen came out. Mm-hmm. Didn't she lose her network show for coming out? She did. Yeah. Right. So to now, six years later, and I mean, look, TV executives are not always known for being the the. the kindest human beings i'm sure somebody saw a sea change and an interest and a cool topic for a show that they could produce for for reasonable amounts of money because these were all unknowns and do a reality oh, sorry are we show. talking about queer eye for the straight guy now or are we yeah. talking about ellen no queer eye for the straight guy. okay all right so i, I just because you know are you talking about the 2018 version? No, the original the, one. The original one. Yeah. And that's the thing. Network television has always been sort of stodgy because of the white male heteronormative sponsors, well, head also, of corporations. And also the, the head of the networks that, that make the programming decisions. Yeah, because it's all about money. And mm-hmm. and if, if you were going to offend them and they were going to pull their, their ad money. And I, I can, I watch this show... I didn't realize it was on for five years, but I watched this show, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the original version. And, you know, some of the stuff that Kyan, the grooming guy, mm-hmm. talked about on that show. like you still do. Yeah, like how to apply cologne properly and it, how to put product in your hair properly. And the importance of like a skincare regime. Although I didn't really get one until many years later, but you're welcome. Yes, thank you. Um, but in the fashion stuff, that Carson. Well, hold on. Wait, for the uninitiated. Okay, right. What, so, what was the, what was this show about? So they took they took 
five homosexual men mm-hmm. and each of them with a different uh, skill set. And the idea being that they would find some hapless straight guy who had a whole bunch of problems and they would like zhuzh him up Make with, him over. With, the, with the awesomeness that is being a gay male and re-release this straight guy into the world ready to take on, you know, life and love and work and all that kind of stuff. So there were, they were called the Fab Five and, and they followed this format in the Netflix one. So... I just went and I had to look up their names because I couldn't remember all of them. Mm-hmm. So there was Kyan, who was the grooming guru. Mm-hmm. Jay, who was the culture vulture. Carson, who was the fashion savant. And he was probably the most stereotypical, like, flamboyant. kind of flamboyant gay mm-hmm. of them all. Ted, who did food and wine, who also, it's weird because I looked I at his wiki page. Him. He actually does, like, political commentary now. He's actually huh. done... Um, like for Press Progress or for Democrats Now or, or mm-hmm. one of those things. Um, and then Tom, who was the design doctor. Right. And so Netflix, when they picked up the show and released uh, in 2018, they followed the same format. They had mm-hmm. five, the Fab Five. And it's funny because like they're all extraordinaire. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So Jonathan Van Ness is the grooming extraordinaire. Karamo Brown is culture and lifestyle extraordinaire. Tan France is the fashion extraordinaire. Anthony Porowski is food and wine extraordinaire. And I think we can all agree our favorite, Bobby Burke, yes. who is the design extraordinaire. And I would agree with the extraordinaires of all of those men. Yes. Now, I want to, I remember watching the show too originally when it, when it aired on network television. And it was more, you're right, it was these hapless straight guys who were basically slobs. Almost always. And that... And they were they, nominated. They were nominated by people, but they seemed very, very uncomfortable. There was a lot of that, like, Ugh, mm, like A lot ugh. of cringy moments. Yeah. Where, you know, they got, they kind of, it was, it was almost like, gonzo reality tv where they would just burst into somebody's house and 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 they seemed very very uncomfortable because you know it it wasn't uh i mean these were straight guys that they didn't seem to be very worldly in 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 most cases i can't i can't remember where they filmed it in the states no i can't i can't remember the reboot the reboot started in the south in the u.s Right, but I don't. I don't remember where the original ones were. No, but the but the 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 idea was that they they were uncomfortable, and it, we were all supposed to um, Share. marvel at that yeah. discomfort that people were in, and that this Fab Five was fighting for tolerance. Yeah, by you, we see this a lot, and I mean even even in in like our consensual non monogamy sort of sphere, part of the reason that homosexuality is as accepted as it is now is because now most people know someone who is gay right and they don't see it as this weird scary thing and anybody who lives an alternative lifestyle the less people know about it the more people misunderstand or are afraid about it and these guys are like ambassadors but you know they were they were trying to like change hearts and minds one straight guy at a time and, and that was the whole thing right is that if you want if you want your your rights to be um fought for mm-hmm. and advocated for it was the straight people that are like hey this is bullshit they're like, the ones that are going to be changing the laws yeah and yeah. and and so i that was that was sort of their their other mission too was not to just dress up these hapless straight guys and send them back out into the world and hope their lives were better and, and, and make some good TV out of it. But to, like you said, to change people's minds. And so now we have, now fast forward into 2018. Yeah, so a decade later. And now we have the reboot. And it's not Queer Eye for the straight guy anymore. No. And why is that? Why is it just Queer Eye? It became Queer Eye because in the very first season, it wasn't just straight men that they made over. There was a, and I'm going to get this wrong in the episodes. Okay. I know that they have done a gay male. Yes. They have done a lesbian at least once. There was a trans man man that they did. So this whole like. Straight women. Straight women. Yeah. As well. And. Very religious women. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was the thing, because they started in the South in the U.S. for the first couple of seasons, and they moved around a little bit. They, so they've done like five and a half seasons, because they went off to Japan for a little while mm-hmm. and made over some some super cute Japanese people. That That is, a, and if you don't, like, I don't know much about Japanese culture firsthand. So it was very illuminating mm. as they went into these apartments and into these little houses and the culture side of things. Was and what so- comment would you make between the people that, the nominees, if you will, mm. um, sort of the comfort level and the attitude towards the, the, the Fab Five in the original and now, conversely, in the reboot? So in the original... Like you said, there was a fair amount of discomfort on the part of the nominees in the fact that they were like they had these gay guys that were like, if Close I do my to them. yeah, if, if I do my hair like this, does that make me gay? Like you know that kind of stuff. And and I think from the very first season of the reboot, they took some stereotypically, you know, southern U.S. males who you know, at first look, look to be like, you know, an intolerant Southerner, right? We made the faces like, yeah, like this is oh, going to be, this is going to be, this is going to go this rough. Gonna be rough. Like a guy that only dresses in plaid and looks like, you know, and jorts and, jorts and from, you know, and only goes to like Bass Pro Outfitters for his, for his clothing. And, and then he's super touched and sweet about everything. And it's, you expect that it's going to be intolerant and they're not. And it started along the same trajectory as the original. Like we're going to come in, we're going to, there's a, there's an event happening. Somebody's mm-hmm. getting married or opening a restaurant or like something like that, that they're getting ready for. And they run around the place and they, you know, they, they, it's predictable. The formula is predictable. Like they go into the fridge and, and they open up, gross containers of food and (laughs) and they marvel at how messy the place is and and they throw clothes out going oh my god like 1983 is calling they want their t-shirts back you know like all this kind of stuff but 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 what is the reaction when they start coming in and taking over this person's life it's very positive Mm -hmm. because i think these people i think we live in a world where a lot more people are introspective I think a lot of people are living lives that aren't the way they want to live, but they don't know how to make that change. How to do, that's a great point. How to make how to do it differently. And it doesn't hurt when you have like a professional designer come in and totally remake your house. Oh my and, god, I need Bobby Burke to come and make and, it. My and, house. and and you know, Tan France just makes everything better by French tucking it and and <laughs> like no matter what kind of day you're having, just tuck in the front of your shirt. It'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, you talk about things I've taken away from from the new from the oh, new. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I saw you've you've always been a French tuck proponent, but you know, when I seeing it in Queer Eye, and then you know, this amazing woman in my life is is also telling me to do it. I mean, I can't go wrong. Right? I don't tell you to do it. No, no, you, you do just you what just you, want. you just encourage me to do something that's going to make me look hotter. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. So that's why I wanted to talk about this with you today because we're making our way through the fifth season right now. We just watched an episode today. And I just, there's so much stuff going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like these guys are making the world a better place. It's, It's a reliably heartwarming show. I've shed many a tear. I know. I'm, I'm very touched by the... Because they don't just come in and be like, you know, like a whirlwind and throw some stuff up and then leave. They... They, they, and some of the roles of these, of these guys have evolved, especially... Well, I want to talk about that. Yeah, like, Karamo's in, role in, has really evolved. But yeah. they, 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 in the, in the original, they would like come in and be like, no, sweetie, like you need to do this. Oh, sweetie, You need to no. do this. You need to do that. But in the, in the new one, these guys make a, they seem to make a very big effort to really understand, they call them heroes. They don't call them nominees now. They call them oh, their heroes. Oh, really? I've noticed that in the fifth season. Aww. Like our hero today is. Because they're in today. the fifth season, they're in Philadelphia, which is the right. first time they've been kind of out of the South. Mm. Uh, they started in Atlanta for the first couple of seasons. Mm-hmm, and, mm. and uh, you know, they really get try to get to know this person, try to get to the root of what is stopping them from living the life that they want to live and then work with them. And at the same time, they confront some of their own demons 
especially around religion and and you know some of these guys grew up in the south and fairly well, you, intolerant religious do, intolerant do you remember households. that episode where uh, right in the opening sequence karamo's driving and they get pulled over yeah do you remember that yeah and you can see the rest of the guys are like oh yeah okay like whatever and you can see karamo because karamo's the only visible man i mean tan well, is tan is, tan is pakistani he's, english but he's british but yeah. but he's he certainly doesn't sound and he's fairly pale <laughs> but, depending on where but karamo is a is a big black man he is He's beautiful black man. I, I just want to say his hairline. I don't know. You know what? He is. Just, he is so perfect. He's he, so perfectly groomed. He, it's unbelievable. He's just perfect. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. But he was. They were in the south. He was, and he was a black man up. driving, and they yep. drive like a super nice SUV or something, yeah. right? And and this is and this is the thing. I, you know, I I want to kind of I want to dive into each 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 member, one of the yeah, but in general. I think it's amazing, and this I really think that this is how they have evolved into this show, mm-hmm. is that it takes on all of these different topics and issues and weaves it into making all these people better versions of themselves. It's not a cookie-cutter solution for no. any of these people. It's not, it is formulaic in that, you know, they move through a process with each one of yes. their heroes, but the the end results are always just absolutely unique and, like you say, super touching. Um, and so they take like they take on like that was a, a even even though it happened long before what's happening now, that was a Black Lives Matter moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they take on toxic masculinity often, even though when they confront. This is why space between people and and isolating people is a, is a dangerous thing. When when you like you said, when you know someone and you get to know people as humans, that fear starts to dissipate. That fear of the other. Yeah. And I think a lot of times the root of toxic masculinity is just isolation and not feeling like you can communicate or or open yourself up to other ideas. And other viewpoints, right? Where because you're supposed to be locked into this one thing, so they talk, they they delve into that and take that apart. Um, the idea of self care, yeah, and not just for men, yeah, and for not, women too. There but, are but a not lot just of, like taking a moment and making having a skincare regime as self care, but other like forms of self care. Sometimes the best self care is telling people to go fuck themselves. That's yeah. that that's a form of self care too. You can just creating boundaries. You yes. know, sometimes, sometimes these 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 men sometimes and women permanent are, ones. Well, sometimes these men and women are they're just doing everything for everybody else, and everybody loves them. But but there's nothing left. Which for them. is great. Yeah. I mean, serving serving your community or your family or your friends is awesome. But it shouldn't come but, at, yeah. the, at your own well being. What do, what do they say on airplanes? Put your mask on first before you help others. Otherwise, you'll die. Yeah. And that's what happens, I think, to a lot of people. And because our society is so focused on, look at these people. They do everything for everybody else. Right. And they don't care that these people are dying from the inside, from neglect. Well, this season, they had a pastor that they made over. Yeah, they did. A a gay pastor. Yeah. Like being a gay man in the church. Yeah. I can't remember what denomination he was. Like Um, Anglican or something. Something like like that. One of the religions that allows... Gay, yeah. uh, um, homosexual, and lesbians to be to be pastors or priests or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, um, and and same thing, just taking on all kinds of, of prejudices, and not just those of the heroes or the people around the heroes, mm. but looking. There's a lot of self examination of the Fab Five as well, where they will look because some things can that come up on the show are triggering for them too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Bobby, the design guy, has had a lot of because he grew up in the South in a very religious conservative family, and and his sexuality was a was a source of a lot of of repression and pain in his family. And when he meets with these deeply religious people, he has a mm-hmm. really hard time reconciling his experience and what the church. I mean, he's I think he's a spiritual. I think he's a religious guy, but 
he's his, a spiritual guy for sure. Spiritual for sure, but but he he just the organized religion has been so painful for him. Mm-hmm. And so and 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 so people aren't just relating to the heroes; they're relating to the Fab Five and the things that they've dealt with. It's just and and this, again, this is why I wanted to do this because. There are very few things right now that give me hope for humanity, yeah. but the Fab Five and this show give me that hope for humanity, and that's why I wanted to talk about this. And those, the original five, I was too young to to really comprehend but, what but, that was. And about. they were trailblazers, yeah. But they were five white men, right? And I would love to know. Maybe we'll do a bit of digging and get back to you guys on this. Maybe we'll put it as a, on the episode notes or something, but. What the what the impetus was to develop it because there it seems to be, it's way more inclusive. Mm. Like if you look at the five, two of them are visible minorities, mm-hmm. right? Um, you look at who they're making over. Mm-hmm. The original ones were generally white men, straight white men. They were straight that literally straight white men. And there are men and women of every gender, every color that that are part of this i mean to have a trans i can't remember was it a trans man trans man trans man yeah and and all the unique stuff that goes around mm-hmm. that somebody who was born a woman but is, is transitioning into being a man has a very different self-care routine you know physical fitness you know the fact that they're taking hormones maybe or getting surgery mm-hmm. you can't Treat that person the same way that you do somebody else in terms of preparing them. And they also talked about how that was a huge learning curve for them as gay men. Yeah. To understand what that experience is like. Yeah, in the the wider queer community. You talk about uh, about diversity. There's also diversity within how they express their sexuality. So you have Karamo, who's a very... for all intents and purposes, masculine presenting. Yeah, he could very. I think you could. But then he comes be, out in his fuzzy slippers. Yeah, and super cute. And, and yeah, because he comes. He he's the one I think that could probably be most easily mistaken for a straight male. Mm-hmm. But then he has these moments of like this, oh this, God, this just like feminine it. delight where he, he. And then you go to the other end of the spectrum, and you've got their grooming guy, Jonathan, who He's is very flamboyant, even more flamboyant than Carson was. Oh in my the God, I love one. him! I love him. And he's there, there. There was there was a scene in the one we watched today where he's wearing like like a silver pleated skirt. He wears dresses, and he's man spreading. Yeah, and the hero says, "You can't do that in a skirt." And he's like, "Honey." It's a long skirt. I can do whatever I want. Like it's very, and and that that was just. I was like, oh my god, I love that so much. How again? There's even diversity in how they express themselves, their their sexuality, their, their style, their status, their, their status, their personality. It's just it's just amazing. Some so, are married. Some are single. Yeah. Jonathan came out and when he released his biography earlier in the year as being HIV positive. Yes. Which we watched the show for seasons and that was not something that was widely no. that was widely shared. And you know, it's just it's it's I think the end of season four when they went back to his high school mm. and he was a cheerleader and he was viciously bullied because, yes. you know, he was a flamboyant gay high school student, which, mm-hmm. you know, in two thousand and twenty is not super uncommon but i remember when i went to high school in the 90s you know the one or two openly gay kids in the school had a rough time horrible time a rough and so there were undoubtedly a lot more and and that's sorry go ahead there were undoubtedly a lot more but that experience was not a welcoming space for them to come out it would keep them in the closet one of my best friends came out after high school i know and and he sat you know, there was a group of us, a couple of guys, and we were, we were good friends. And he came down, sat us down one day and was like, you know, he had dated girls in high school, you know, to try and like fit in and stuff. But it was always pretty awkward. And he chose kind of weird girls to date. Like it just, it was just, we knew something was up. And he told us and he's like, I have to tell you guys something like, I'm gay. And we're like, yeah, and? <laughs> And I, th- I think he wanted like this big like, oh my god, like what, like you didn't like, we're at, just, like. At the same time, I'm sure it was a relief for all of you to go. Yeah, we yeah. know, we've known for a long time, and yeah. we love you, and uh, amazing, and and, and the, we're so happy you can be you now, and not even. And this think was about like it. late '90s, and yeah. the guy, he kind of 
came out like and this is also this is my partner Aww. they've been together ever since oh wow really yeah yeah they're super oh sweet my God, so <laughs> but i feel like you know the work of the fab five the original and and the, and the reboot goes a long way to that acceptance absolutely right and 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 there's that theme throughout a lot of them about especially when they're dealing with queer heroes about their journey and their process and some of them are openly accepted and other ones have had that really rough time time. and 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 everybody carries different baggage and these guys are so good Mm -hmm. at and i i don't want you to think that like in a week they change these people's lives like completely irrevocably but but they do help them take giant steps forward Mm -hmm. into releasing some of that baggage and and becoming better versions of themselves i was just gonna say that people can say what they want about this generation of teenager or young 20 somethings everybody likes to disparage the generation that's coming up but i will say this the level of acceptance and encouragement and just big fucking deal you know I don't, it doesn't matter to me who you like to have sex with or how you express yourself. You're a fucking human being and I love that you can just be you. And I notice that a lot with the young people of today. It's like, so fucking what? So what? And I just love that, that we're moving to that place in our society where it's like, who gives a shit, right? Um, You be you. And that's, that's sort of the crux of this show is that, they help people become who they authentically are and teach them to not be afraid. And that's why I felt so strongly about this is because this is about turning away from fear and, and, and moving through that and, yeah. and living a life yeah. of authenticity and not even happiness. Happiness is a temporary emotion, but having that peace with who you are and how you're living and what you're doing and who you're, who you're spending time with it's it, it, it's really quite something so let's and i i yep. i just one last thing on that i struggle with this because i know that one of the reason why the queer community is as accepted as they are in the world and believe me we're far from being where we need to be but we're miles <laughs> yes. ahead of where we were 20 years ago sure or 50 years ago um, is because of this visibility of people of trailblazers like this, and I struggle with the fact that you know the way we live our lives in this ethically non-monogamous. I mean, we're socially monogamous as far as mm-hmm. anybody in the outside world knows, unless they stumble across our dating profiles. Uh, we're only like we're only in a romantic relationship with each other. We only have sex with each other, and we are romantically, romantically I mean, emotionally, monogamous. we are monogamous. Yeah. Um, and I would like to be able to be more open with the rest of the world to again show that it's not this weird thing of you know 70s swingers type thing that like people that you know and love and like and that are smart and funny and successful and all these kinds of things are also have this thing and it's no big deal and it doesn't affect you how they live their life but unfortunately you know there are certain professions and fields where this would be considered a deal breaker and Mm -hmm. we can't uh, so this podcast is our way of trying to spread that message, mm. even if we can't proclaim it from the rooftops and, and the way I, that Jonathan does. On and Queer I understand Eye. the irony of, well, if you feel so strongly, then why don't you, why don't you just do that and be who you are? And it's amazing how how many people we've run into, met, or already knew. Mm. that are a lot more than you would think a lot more than you think do the same are are engaged in the same kinds of activities and adventures with each other and we often get together just to talk about those things because it's it there's a great power and relief in talking about that and being with like-minded people or open-minded people so you made a little note there did you have something you wanted Mm. to say nope show notes Ah. um so I just wanted to dive into each one of them Who do you want to start at a with? time. I would like to start with Anthony. <laughs> the lone Canadian on the panel. Oh, yeah. He's from Montreal, I believe. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Montreal or Vancouver. Um, so he's their food guy. 
I feel like, and whether this is on accident or by design, that he does the least <laughs> of all of these guys. I, I think he would even agree with you. Yeah. He he comes in, makes yuck yuck faces at all the old food in the fridge. Oh my God, some of it's so bad. And then is like, okay, and we're going to teach you how to make cornbread. And you're like, really? That's that that's your contribution to this whole thing? Meanwhile, okay, Jonathan's, yeah, we'll, we'll Jonathan's like completely groomed, like completely made him over. Tan's given him a new wardrobe. Karamo's like healed a bunch of wounds. And Bobby has like totally made over his house. And right. you're like, thanks for the cornbread, bro. Like, yeah. Well, I think the idea... I, I I get what you're saying. It's really hard to teach somebody to cook in a week, functionally. And he's a chef by training, so like he, he, is. he comes. He has the credentials. To he do does, this. and and he makes some some great stuff. Some with interesting people. stuff. But the thing is, I think that's the most difficult thing to do. Yeah. I mean, you can't. You know, and this is the thing. No shade on Anthony, because first of all, he's adorable to look at. Yes. But, and he's very sweet. But he's no Jamie Oliver. Like if you, if Jamie Oliver knocked on your door and was going to spend the next six weeks teaching you how to, you, you know, basic life skill, uh, knife skills, and mm-hmm. how to make a few dishes that you could rotate and and change the way that you eat, I think that would be. It's really really hard in the time frame that they have to do stuff really long lasting. I think just but but food is. It's a great unifier. It is, and a lot of it has to do, a lot of the stuff that he helps them with is something that could be shared. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the goal, is that sharing food with people that you love is a wonderful expression. Yeah. I know that when you cook for me, that is a show of affection. Yes. And I think if you haven't done that before and you haven't experienced that, I think that's his main role, is to make people understand how powerful food can be and what a, a great bonding opportunity that is, is to feed people that you love or people that you care about. Um, I'm reading Chris Ryan's new book right now. Civilized, Civilized to, to death. death. Yeah. It's phenomenal by the way. I, it is good. I've started the audiobook. It's so good. Yeah. But um, he talks about, he had an African friend who told him the best place to store your extra food is in your friend's belly. Right. Yeah. And I think that encapsulates the idea that Anthony's trying to get across okay. with, with his heroes is that, you know, and I think a lot of people are like, okay, you're you're not doing a whole lot. And that's true only because I don't think it's possible. Well, I I I feel like I mean, not to not to harp on Jamie Oliver cuz I love Jamie Oliver. Me too. But I feel like Jamie Oliver at least even in like the 5-minute Facebook videos that I see of him in the last couple of months, you know, while everything's been going on here related to the pandemic, I've tried a whole bunch of new things, and his recipes have been amazing. Simple, oh my God, so delicious, good. yes, and of a variety of different styles. And I feel like he could do more sometimes with the, with the things he's teaching them. A lot of it is correcting nutritional habits and stuff like that, because a lot of these these heroes are eating kind of one dude had a fridge a little bar fridge next to his armchair that he kept like ice cream sandwiches and shit in <laughs> so he didn't have to go to the kitchen which is like 10 steps away right. to get his junk it's food. It's like, oh, there's a fr-. and they're so funny the way they go, "Oh, there's a fridge in the living room." Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, I get it. He's in kind of a tough position and he, he kind of interacts, he's comic relief sometimes mm. and, and that. So, I wouldn't get rid of him because I think the dynamic is is, is Was that even a point of No, saying? just you know, our my personal I won't speak for you. My personal opinion is of the five, I feel like he he's doesn't light, carry he's as much. Yeah, he doesn't carry as much as the other guys do. But I yeah, I that's true, but I I do think that it's his main role is to get people to understand what food does now i will say there was one episode a couple of seasons ago where it was these two sisters that <gasps> ran like yes. a barbecue joint or something yes 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 that was one episode where he mm. totally there shone was some heavy lifting because in that one. he redid their whole kitchen and as a chef yes. like like as like as a professional kitchen right mm. not just like a regular kitchen but like as a professional chef mm. he could see what was wrong with that layout 
and make something that was really functional. And then he also he helped them like market. Yeah, their, he hooked them up. He hooked them up with like a manufacturer that basically does custom sauce. So they went in and were like, you know, we do a pinch of this and we do a dash of that and da 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 da. And then they like they, manufactured the recipe mm-hmm. and then they could sell it at their barbecue yeah. place. So. I gave him props on that oh, one. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. was integral on that particular Absolutely. episode. But not everybody that they work with has a restaurant problem that no, needs solving. But right? he must have been like rubbing his He's hands like, together. Finally, and- I yeah. get to do something. <laughs> I don't want people to think I can't do anything. Because he's taken a lot of shit. He's taken a lot of shit yeah. for being the lightweight in that show. And I, I don't think the show works without him. I no. don't think the show works without think, any of them. I think part of it is is because the other guys are able to do so much. By comparison, it looks like he's doing not very much. Right. But if you gave him his own show and that's all he did was run around, it might not be as interesting as having all five, but he's capable of doing that, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's also got a, an interesting past that they kind of hint at along the way. Mm-hmm. He's had some mm-hmm. addiction issues and stuff like that that he's overcome. And so when he deals with people on the show, it's not food related, but his life history kind it of is comes into related, it. it is health related. It is health related. It is health related. And we are going to do a separate episode on nutrition and yeah. how important that is to having the life you want Mm -hmm. okay who's next tan oh my god i love tan me too i love him he's super flamboyant his hair is the highest hair i've ever seen oh and it's like silver gray it's phenomenal but interestingly he's socially super conservative is he like he is not like isn't he married to a mormon I think he is. That's how he started in the fashion mm. industry. Is mm. that is? Oh that, wow! Yeah, he started doing like. Uh, I think he started working. They 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 were called like the Kardashians of like the Mormon fashion industry. Oh wow! And he worked on their line for them, and that's kind of how he how did he, he do met like his the fireproof underwear. Yeah, and like the soaking robes and, okay. and all that kind of. I don't know if they're soaking <laughs> robes, but like their Mormon pajamas, whatever it is. Are you gonna tell? The babies, what soaking is. Okay, so I'm not Mormon, so I apologize to any Mormons that are listening. If I get this wrong, please hit us up, info at cheatingonfear.com, and I will happily do a retraction. But I understand that um, sex before marriage, and we've learned this from the number of Mormons that have been on 90 Day Fiance, Mm -hmm. that sex before marriage is strictly forbidden to the point where on that show... Like when the fiance comes over from overseas, they live in another house because they don't want to be tempted. True. But But there's this like loophole... That if you have, like, if it's the movement that's the sin, yeah. So, if you have to do something and you don't want to, like, completely break God's heart or go to hell or go to hell or, or whatever, see you there, yeah. <laughs> the company's better, mm. um, and the weather, yeah. No, the weather's not good, it's hot there. I like that, but anyway, no, the streets have a song you go to, you go to heaven for the weather and hell for the company. Who has a sign? The Streets. It's a song oh, the British okay. band. Right. Um, so anyways, if you can't fuck. But if you're going to do something, you put the penis in the vagina and you just stay there. Just insert once. And leave it there. And it's called soaking. And it's like... And I feel like that takes way more self-control. You think? Than just not doing it at all. Like I feel like once... That is, that is I feel... A few steps ahead of just the tip. But here's the thing. You put it in. That's okay? movement. You put it in. Now now you don't move. <laughs> just for those of you that can't see, he's putting his finger. I'm doing like the okay own... sign and yeah. I'm, I'm like on my <laughs> So I've put it in. Yes. And you soak for however long. Then you pull it out. You've just had sex. Like, what's the difference between one in and out and like a few dozen ins and outs? A few dozen. Or a hundred or okay. hours. I don't know. <laughs> okay. They haven't had sex before. It's not going to take very many. Anyway. What if, what, oh my God, what if, what if you insert it once uh-huh. and then as you're pulling out, the guy ejaculates, boom, and you're pregnant and you haven't got married yet? I don't think I, they fully thought this I don't know the answer through. to that question. Anyway. So. So. Tan started super. He's amazing. He is amazing, but he's super, he's socially very conservative, which I always find uh, not jarring. But you think that somebody who le- le- leads what many consider would to be a, an alternative lifestyle, like being gay or trans or or lesbian, and then you find out that they're like super politically conservative or super religiously conservative. Like gays for Trump. Yeah, it just seems like a weird dichotomy, right? I 
I will say this, though. I have quite a few lesbian friends. Mm-hmm. Like, for a straightish girl, I have quite a few lesbian friends. I love them all dearly, by the way. But I find... Emphasis on the ish. Yes. <laughs> but I find many of them to be socially conservative. Yeah. It's it, and traditional. Traditionally socially conservative like just it's surprising a little bit sometimes anyway so he's got a he's got a very posh british accent yes he comes from an immigrant family in england like Mm -hmm. they're pakistani and they moved to england and so he's got a very interesting sort of backstory uh and he dresses not just men he's dressed women that trans man episode Mm -hmm. that was a very Mm -hmm. i mean there was a steep learning curve on that for him because there were certain things that that he had to take into account that mm. he didn't normally mm. have to do with the heroes that they would make over. And I feel like he goes a long way. And it seems to be a, one of the really impactful things that these people go through is getting that time with Tan. As a man, how important is it, our, our clothing choices for you? You've made some changes yeah. in the way you dress. Yep. In the last few years. Yeah. What has that meant for you? What And what do you think? When you see these men and you see their... I mean, obviously there's women too. But as a woman, I know what that's about. You know, I, I love clothes. I love to look good. Mm-hmm. As, as a man who spent more time in, you know, cargo shorts and t-shirts because you were running expeditions or field work... And and in the last few years, there have been some changes in your in your dress. What has that meant for you? And what do you what do you feel when you see the changes on those men's faces? Well, well now I have nowhere to put my wallet when I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> so there's that change. It's on your watch. Uh, kind of. My driver's license isn't though. Um, I think confidence is a funny thing. I think that a lot of people have this vision in their mind that if they don't look the way celebrities look, there's no way that anybody will find them attractive. Okay. And well, it helps to have, you know, a six pack and big muscles and all that kind of stuff. By no means is that the only way that people will find you attractive. And what Tan does is take their body type because he can't fix how what their body looks like in a week no i mean in uh, six months maybe but he dresses according to their body type Mm -hmm. and for a lot of these and to who they are and to who they are but a lot of these uh, you see this a lot with the guys especially the straight guys like you know the last time they had a fashion choice was when they were in high school or in college or something and it's been decades since then and they're still like they haven't updated their wardrobe Mm. and so and they're scared because they don't know if they can wear skinny jeans and they don't know if like a chelsea boot is going to look good on them or any of these kinds of things and he comes in and he takes a look at their body type whether they're male or female and helps to dress them to give them the most confidence Mm. and confidence goes so far into your appeal to other people, not just sexual appeal, just how people interact with you and how they receive you. If you're confident, not cocky or over the top, but confident in in how you look, other people believe that you have value. And I wish it didn't take that. I wish everybody would just be nice to everyone, but that's Mm. not the way it works. And when, like I spend a lot of time in sales, Body language and things like that are really important ways to um, create a connection with the person. In a sales environment, that's to sell them a product. But but if, you're really just selling you. You're really just selling you and making them comfortable with you so that they will want to date you or fuck you or buy whatever it is from you or respect you in your work as a colleague or whatever it is there. So he, I think there's a that outward appearance that him and Jonathan work on, I think are two of the things that have a a big, a big impact. So I'll ask you again, again, (laughs) what was the question? (laughs) I love that. I love how you just, I love how you go off into the blue. It's awesome. But I was asking for you personally. Yes. What has that felt like to shift your focus a little bit from being, just being a dad Mm-hmm. And dressing like a dad 
to really caring about and discovering what your style is and what you feel best in? How has that changed things for you? Has that had an effect on your confidence or have you always just been confident? Well, I mean, there's, there's, I was always comfortable with, I like, I never had a problem with what I used to wear, but you know, especially since meeting you, I've taken my physical fitness a lot more seriously. I've, your training has helped me be more effective in my workouts. And so I'm starting to get the results that I always wanted, but wasn't getting in the type of working out that I was doing before. And the kind of clothing choices that I have now accentuate those mm. kinds of efforts there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it feels good. We go out, we get dressed up, we go and we do stuff. And just because, and we've said this before, just because in the type of relationship we have, we can fuck anybody doesn't mean that we fuck everybody, yeah. right? And it's super nice. It's really hot to see somebody else look at you and see that desire in their eyes and I'm sure it's the same for you mm-hmm. you know to see other women looking at me and you go yeah that's right I know right like so that is such a boost can I say something that I've noticed sure because and I don't get me wrong no you like I love you before. I love you in your t-shirts and cargo shorts because unlike I don't know why yeah first of all you look like a metalhead and that's fucking hot to me second of all I don't know why what the what the hate on is for cargo shorts. I love them. It, I mean, I guess it depends on how you're wearing them, but yes, but I always, it, it always made sense for you because of what you did. And, but, but I have noticed and wallet. Yeah. (laughs) You get excited about dressing up now. Yeah. Before it was sort of, well, I have this shirt or this shirt and I don't know. I, this was the one I wore last. So that's time I guess I wear this one. Yeah. We're now, you seem excited and you carry yourself differently. Like, Do you we, notice that? We bought a whole bunch of clothes before we went to Europe last year. Yeah, because we're going to Europe. Like, we had to step we up our game. Well, I had, to, I had to step up my game. I was not, I needed to look more European <laughs> when I was in Europe. And I, I, I noticed you carried yourself differently. You seemed excited about yeah. putting things on that you knew looked good on you and you felt good and it does even slightly you've always been a confident guy but i i also think you can get caught in a rut and and this is what i love about what tan does Mm -hmm. is that carson would kind of come on the the first fashion guy and he would be like i'm gonna make a wardrobe for you here you go Mm -hmm. and tan spent some time talking about basics you know things that you should always have in your wardrobe what's your life like what's your life like Here's the way that, like, I'm going to make it easy for you to build a wardrobe. Like, not buying, you know, not just having them buy 20 different outfits, but being like, here's how you can mix and match. Mm -hmm. Like, do this, and then the rule is you add this to Mm that, right? Like, if you're going to wear these types of jeans or these types of pants and you wear these types of shoes with it. And these are the kinds of things that a lot of guys can really latch on to. Mm-hmm. They need steps, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it's part of that education process. And I think your instincts have been honed that I think way so, too. Yeah. I think you have become better at making choices for yourself. Well, I remember the first time you and the sales guy forced me to try on skinny jeans. And they looked fabulous. And I was like, oh, all right. And then I was like, oh, these actually look pretty Wait good. a minute. <laughs> these are super comfortable yeah and then i look at you and you're just like mm. your jaws open and you're you okay. got like stars in your a- eyes it's like well okay if it's gonna make her like maybe that, the stars i don't think i was slack jawed well, there might have been a bit of drool i mean all right i turned around i i slurped my water bottle <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that tan okay awesome love it all right <laughs> let's talk about karamo karamo now he was the one at the beginning that seemed to do the least Hmm. He was like, "Hey, what's going on?" I teach it wasn't a very well defined role. No, and he's kind of morphed into this like lifestyle coach, a life coach. Yeah, like 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 the episode we watched today with this in there in Philadelphia. There's this gym owner, and you know, he's stalled in his business, stalled in his life. And Karamo takes him out to like he was a football player for a university. Took him out to the back to the field, and was like, "Okay, dude. So you know, here's what you're doing." You're carrying all this weight around. And, like, he literally gave him weight to carry. Mm-hmm. It's like, you need help? Like, can you keep doing this? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, no? Okay, well, let's throw a backpack with more weight on, right? To try and illustrate the point that it's okay to ask for help and that you can't do everything on your own, right? I think a lot of people, and particularly a lot of men, are carrying trauma. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, with... And people can put the word allegedly in front of toxic masculinity if they want but my assertion is that toxic masculinity hurts women and men Mm, yeah absolutely because it sets expectations for men that are so unattainable and so isolating and so traumatic that there are a lot of men walking around holding a lot of pain women talk to each other that's what they Mm -hmm. do they ask for help they ask for support men aren't as good as doing that because they're told that strong men don't do that well and there's also some cultural or racial differences as well different communities Mm. expectations on their men true right yes and and what i think karamo his his role has evolved the most i think through the five seasons and he he is and i follow i follow all of them on instagram by the way oh yeah and his I mean, they're all amazing, but he'll do little videos. Hey, hey, I just wanted to talk to you for a minute about whatever. whatever. Yeah. And I think because he is what a lot of people would think of as like he's a like a masculine man. Mm-hmm. I think even the toughest cases that are really resistant to looking at their own trauma or the, or expressing their own emotions, he makes it feel okay yeah like you're just having a beer with one of your buddies yeah. and you're just chatting about stuff but he's got this way of people he's yeah. so soft-spoken he's very good at getting people to open up and just letting them know this and i think this is what a lot of people need it's okay it's okay to emote it, it's better actually for mm. you to emote and work through that trauma yeah and and you come out the other side and i've talked to you about this like with your warriors mm-hmm. who have all put themselves through this similar type of exercise. Yeah. Through the retreats even, and things even, like that. Even at a more intense level. Yeah. And how they come out on the other side, they certainly don't come out less manly. I'm using giant air quotes. Mm-hmm. But they come out on the other side with a better understanding of who they are and unloaded some of that pain and, yeah. that tra- and worked through that trauma. Yeah. And they're happier and more confident and more at peace with can, who they are. You can just see that they're not carrying this, that burden around anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which we don't even realize. Uh, I think a lot of us, a lot of men, don't realize that we're even carrying that burden. And women don't either. No. But, they, but I think it, it seems more culturally and societally acceptable for them to talk to each other and, and say, oh my gosh, uh, I, that, I felt like that and this is how I got through it. Men don't do that as much when no. they're when they're getting together to play shinny or have some wings and beer they're just talking about sports and meat and right but karamo and his manner he really gets to know the heroes that they're dealing with and helps them move through maybe he's helping them repair relationships mm-hmm. right there was that one episode where um this guy had um committed a crime against someone else remember those two guys that that he got them together oh yeah yeah one guy had been shot by the other guy yeah yeah and they and the, like, and the one the one that did the shooting he, went to jail he did time and for the, it and the other guy was in has is in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and like he and sat him down <laughs> sat him down but he brokered brought, this brought them yeah this like peace summit this meeting between yeah. them and it was so powerful yeah the Make having people understand everybody in around that situation and everybody watching the power of forgiveness mm-hmm. and how it's not for the other person it's for you. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's done some really powerful shit. Yeah, yeah. I, oftentimes it's in his stuff. That's usually where I get. Quite, That's where we cry. Yeah, yeah. yeah often that <laughs> yeah. and that and and Jonathan stuff. Often. All right. Well, let's let's talk. About do you want to go Jonathan or Bobby? Jonathan and then Bobby. Jonathan. Last. Jonathan, or, would, or would you rather talk about? No, what? let's do Jonathan. We, okay. We're running close on time, okay. so we'll. Uh, Jonathan, I love Jonathan. I mean, he is so. Why do you love Jonathan? I mean, he is so unabashedly himself. Yes. Like he wear he cross dresses quite a bit. Like he he blends or blurs gender lines a lot. He's got he looks like a gay Jesus. 
Like he's got super long he's hair. Fabulous. With now he's got a beard and he was sporting this like twirly like you know cartoon villain mustache. Mm. You know he'll wear high heel boots and a dress to go and do stuff and a sweatshirt and a sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> But, but he, he loves gymnastics and ice skating. Yeah, he, he's amazing. But his his work, I think, is one of the most transformative for the heroes. That's so funny. I was I was thinking about that same word. Yeah, because it really and and I mean the makeovers they and they know it. Like they always save it like till the last third of the episode, mm-hmm. the big reveal. There's always a life chat, you know, while mm-hmm. things are going on. And I commented today on that that episode again with that guy from from Philadelphia. And he was a black man and he had dread, dreadlocks. Mm. And, you know, Jonathan is so good about this where like, you know, he's like, look, I, I haven't done braids since I was in like haircutting school. So I'm bringing in experts who know how to do this hair or how to do a particular. And, 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 and a lot of people, I think, would front and be like, no, 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 I can like, I'm supposed to be the expert. So I'm going to do the I'm best the I can. I'm the extraordinaire. I'm the extraordinaire. Right. And, and he, he will like, nope, like. I want the best for you, and in this situation, I'm not the best. So I'm going to help you with your skincare or, or something else. But there's been such a diversity in, of people that, you know, it's been amazing to see that, you know, he doesn't always know the right thing to do. And his respect for other people's cultures. Yes. He's super uplifting. He's mm-hmm. super supportive. Oh my God, I'm tearing up right now. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he'll come to somebody and, and they're, you know, they're they're ashamed about... How they look. How they look. And he's like, no, sweetie, you're beautiful. Like, I, I see, I, I love this. I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the beard. Like, well, we're just going to, like, let's just clean it up and let's shape clean it. Clean her up. Clean her up, right? Like, yeah, he uses feminine pronouns a lot. Uh, and it's, again, you know, not to shit on the original five, but there was a lot more of, like, we know best we're going to do this thing. I felt like there was more of an air of condescension. A little bit. In, in the original. Yeah. And I don't think that was their fault. No. Particularly. I think that, I, I that, think was, that just... was the perception mm-hmm. of gays at that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you wanted a good party planner, it had to be a gay guy. If mm-hmm. you wanted a good guy to do fashion, it had to be gay. Good hairdresser, had to be gay. Yeah. Like, there was a level of expertise that was attributed to their sexuality. And... You know, that's what we expected. Like, otherwise, why is this homo telling me what to do, right? And it's softer and more nuanced with the way that Jonathan handles handles that. Now, now it seems to be presented, these are the best people to do this job. And they just happen to be gay. Yes. I feel like that is the difference. So is the evolution of this a mixed sexuality fab five? Like yeah, when these contracts end or something, and they well, there might I be a straight know. guy, there might be oh. a lesbian on there. Like, oh, I don't know. Are they going to start Netflix, like Netflix? Are you are you listening? I don't know. I, I I don't want to see any of them go anywhere. No, and thankfully they've been renewed for a sixth season. Yeah, and I I hope they continue because I think it's really amazing stuff that they're doing. I think and Jonathan it's just great television. I think Jonathan is is probably the biggest proponent of self care. Yeah. And that could mean pampering, mm-hmm. but also it's it's a mindset about, and I think that's why he uses pronouns to talk about your beard or mm-hmm. your hair, or because you your looks are part of you, mm-hmm. and you need to embrace them and not be an enemy. Yeah, there's of a yourself. lot. There's a lot of that with with these people. That there's a lot of self loathing war with uh, themselves. Absolutely, yeah. at war with with their looks or something about themselves or they're ashamed about something like the ones where they've done teeth oh my god oh my god that makes me cry every time i ball yeah. my eyes out oh, it's just okay. they, right. yeah they're it, it's yeah they, they, he's amazing okay, okay we're running short on time but we can't not talk about bobby we can't not talk about now bobby. to be fair he does huge amounts of work but he has a crew <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't do it all himself. He doesn't do, but the transformations he does of mm. the spaces. He did a fire hall once, like yeah. they nominated like the captain or something. Yeah, and he did a church. He did a church, like he done. He, a, he's done a community space. Yeah, and and his vision, and he's very successful as an interior designer. Mm. He's got his own like furniture line or yes, something. Yes, yes. Um, but 
he doesn't it's not like he goes to really expensive stores some sometimes he's sitting there on Wayfair or he's on the Ikea catalog mm-hmm. or doing because he wants something that is going to be best for the person and and, and accessible for the rest of us fuck I love the way he puts that stuff together mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen one of his spaces and I've been like eh, no it might no. not be my thing but I respect the vision of it and I can see why he did what he did well and the same kind of thing he takes time and spends time with yeah. the heroes to find out about their lives who they are and and I love when he takes them shopping and he's like yeah. what do you think of this chair or that to kind of get an idea of what their sensibilities are and the same kind of thing there's a lack of condescension yeah, because he could him. easily come in and be like, I'm the interior designer. This is what we're doing to your space. Well, and he will he will encourage them to, and say, see, you didn't think you had an eye for this stuff, but it turns out that you do. Look at all the choices you're making. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that's a, that's a huge part of this reboot is the integration of what they want, too. Yeah. They, don't feel, they don't feel like hapless victims. They're lifting this. them up. Right? To, to be more to be of who a, they are. To be, to be closer to the person that they want to be. And I just want to say, like, no shade on anybody, but the way some people live is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Some of their spaces. Because to me, someone's living space shows a lot about what's going on inside that person. You can see it. You can see when the when the bedroom is chaos, when the kitchen is chaos, when the fridge is just... Ugh, oh, like, yeah. You know that... They are, they're struggling. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what makes it so powerful again, because it's like they get this new lease on life Mm -hmm. because maybe the clothes go, maybe the beard goes, maybe, you know, but that living space is probably the most long lasting change. Whether you've got a hundred square feet or 10,000 square feet. Your living space is is where you should feel safe, right? It's, it's It's your home base and it's where the rest of the world, no matter what's going on, is shut out for as long as you need it. And I can't imagine in some of the stuff that I've had to do these last couple of years, if I had to come back to that kind of chaos, like how hard that would be. Mm. And, you know, I get shade from, you know, my siblings and stuff like that about how I'm very particular about how things need to be put away. And But I travel a lot. Right, and I spend a lot of time in hotel rooms, and there has to be an order of the way I unpack my bags or put my keys down and stuff like that because, you know, I could be I, every night in a different location and I'd lose stuff all over the place. And you create this order, and I think once you've been able to figure out an order that works for you, it forms the bedrock for the organization of everything else in your life. But I also think you have spent a lot of time in uncomfortable conditions. Oh yeah, very rustic conditions. Yeah. Remote, remote, cut off from absolutely you know, other people, and so I think for you especially, your home, that home base that you mm. have cultivated for yourself, is such an important component of where you spend most of your time, where you rest your head, where you re-energize yourself and get ready for the next thing. It's 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 where you you recharge your battery one of the best things that i did when i bought my my current house was spending a bit of time with an interior designer Mm. not for them to do everything in the house i know what i like but i need i need help with the overall tying everything together Mm -hmm. the the overall Mm -hmm. vision for all the spaces Mm -hmm. i can tell you what color i like but i don't know how that's going to work in all these different Mm -hmm. rooms Mm -hmm. and you know spending a couple hundred bucks and and having somebody spend a few hours with you and then they go away and come back and present you with some ideas. It's so valuable to mm-hmm. help realize your vision of what you want and to tie it all together so that you walk through that that front door of your place and you just go, ah, like, Literally, this is home. And it's every time. Y- and it's yours. Yes. Or you and your partner and or to whatever. And ha- to have that energy, yeah. to feel that, to, to have that energy in your space, every time you come in, you absolutely love it. And 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 I... And I feel like the the heroes that Bobby has helped get that sense of like, <sighs> Absolutely. I'm home, you know? This is a functional space yeah. that I feel comfortable in and can be proud of. Again, yeah. sharing your home with people is a really important thing. And if you are, if you're too embarrassed mm. to have people see where you live or how you live, 
how do you have how do you build confidence yeah. from that they're gonna to know go you're hiding something world? you're right. guarding something about yourself yeah how can and, they truly know you and so yeah that it's 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 amazing and i know we've kind of gone over time with this today but i thought it was really important to pull this apart a little bit it it makes me feel so good to watch them. Yeah. It just makes me want to go out and do good in the world. Right. We feel yeah. uplifted and energized after one of these episodes. So if you're having a shit day. Yeah. Go on Netflix. Find Queer Eye. And start from the beginning. Yeah. Because like your next week is Netflix <laughs> and watching Queer Eye. Because I promise you, you won't want to watch just one. So thank you, Fab Five, for making us all better yes. people. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. You're doing great work. And, yeah. you know, you're touching the people that are the heroes on the show and all of us that are watching it as well. Absolutely. So, thank you. so B, how, how can people find us? Um, you can find us on our website, mm-hmm. cheatingonfear.com. Mm-hmm. There's also an email, info at cheatingonfear.com, if you want to drop us a line or a question or a comment. Mm-hmm. Hit us up that on the socials. We have Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, yeah. So, please don't... Uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks, Dante. Thanks, Pete. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>